Hi, this is Jeff Davis. I spent many years just down the road playing rock and roll along the lakefront in Chicago at WLS Music Radio. This year's a banner year for Radio Centennials. That's why I'm happy to wish my brothers and sisters in radio a heartfelt 100th anniversary at 1440 WROK in Rockford, Illinois. Sometimes people just need a really good reason to get back together and enjoy each other. This is one of those occasions. Getting behind the microphone again and sharing those seldom told tales is a special feeling these folks didn't want to pass up. The studio is filled with decades of photos, bumper stickers, buttons, albums, t-shirts, jackets, original signs, and well-deserved industry awards. Here's to WROK's 100 years of broadcasting in Northern Illinois and Southern Wisconsin. And now, more radio stories between old friends on another episode of the Storyteller Studio. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to Storyteller Studio. This, I think, is the first time that we have done it this late at night, and it's the first time that we've included a dinner. That's why he said good evening. I know, and you're not supposed to eat in the studio. You remember that? Oh, God, I used to yeah. do that all the time, though. I know. Screw that. It, well, screw it was that lunchtime room. for me. I had I to. Oh, you had to. Mm -hmm. By the way, now I have to put on my game show announcer. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome from <laughs> Hannibal, Missouri, Liz Wilder. Oh, very good. You did very well. Thank you. Yeah. Now, Only when I came from Rock, came to Rockford, I was actually coming from Memphis, Tennessee. Really? Yeah, but yeah, you were born in Hannibal, of, though. No, I was actually born in Chicago. Oh, get out of here. Yeah. All right. So I'm here, a North Sider. So let's, let's, well, thank God for that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank God for that. Let's qualify this stuff that I have probably heard shot glasses of stories over the years, but I have no idea maybe the chronological or the whole story. You know, you hear bits and pieces and like, yeah, I know about that, but you don't know the whole thing. That's where I come from with you. Oh, that's why I kept saying mm -hmm. to everybody that you were born in Hannibal because you always go back there for your family and blah, blah, blah. I consider Hannibal my hometown because that's where I went to high school. That's where I spent the majority of my time. We moved around. So what happened to Chicago? So Okay, so here's the beginning. My mom <laughs> and dad got, yeah, oh, just teasing. Um, so my, okay, I was born in Chicago because my dad was hospital administrative work. My mom, she was a nurse. Mm -hmm. My mom is actually from this area. Oh. Yeah. So I was familiar with Rockford only because it was the big city, and I went to Cherryvale Mall. That was the big thing. Byron. Wait, wait a minute. You lived in Chicago, and no, Rockford no, 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 was no, no, a big no. city? Listen to me. Okay. Well, yeah, I did when I was a baby. <laughs> yeah, but, you okay. Know, but, but, so the background is my mom is from the area, okay. Byron and Oregon area. Oh. And she went to school in Galesburg. Mm -hmm. That's Our family is all that section of Illinois, my okay. mom's side of the family. My okay. dad's side of the family is Massachusetts. So that's so that explains <clears throat> the barn and the Wilmarth right. side of the family. That's my mom's side of the family. Okay, gotcha. Right, and right, the, and right. the reason I know that is because our other podcast, which is <laughs> Life's Three by Fives, yes. we did a episode in the loft of a beautiful barn. Wasn't that great? And that was the only time where you smelled exactly like I did. <laughs> usually, <laughs> usually you smell better, but in a barn. Everybody uh, smells the same. I was like, I'm not quite sure how to take that, but okay, that was no, good. That no, was it's, good. A, it's a compliment. Yeah, that was good. That it was is. good. <laughs> so anyway, um, my mom and dad met when dad was working. He was in the Army. Uh, he was in Texas. 
you know, fireworks, woohoo, sparks flew, and they got married. And they had Liz. Yeah, because you're, were, you're number oldest. one. Yeah. 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 So we were living in Chicago on Ashland and Addison. Oh, my. Yeah, right up there. So wow. very close to Wrigley Field. We could see it. It's a stone's throw away. Wow. I went back to just recently, a little while ago, to see if I could still find the apartment that we lived in. It was still there. No way. It's teeny tiny and a, a little postage stamp of a backyard. I mean, I only had it because my mom was kind of sort of remembering this. Isn't This is before she passed, mm-hmm. so it was before 2018. Okay. After she passed, we had all of her things, and on one of her driver's licenses, it had Chicago address. So I got to go and oh, actually look for it. Nice. Yeah, so that was kind of cool. Nice. So anyway, I lived there until uh, probably two-ish thereabouts, and we moved to Oklahoma City, which is where my brother and sister both were born. Okay. So we lived in Oklahoma City until 1969 or 70, and that's came back to Hannibal. We came to Hannibal because Dad was administrator of St. Elizabeth Hospital, and that's where my other two sisters were born. And that's where your that's where, radio influence yes, started. that's where it started. Tell me about that. So I went to high school, and high school we had a, a media day, and you could choose TV, radio, or newspaper. And this is a normal thing for them to do, mm-hmm. okay? In, in a media class. Wow, um, very cool. So that was their media day, and everybody's always, they've always done it as far back as I can remember, because we would always turn it on a certain day and listen to everybody, right? Oh, nice, yeah. So um, I didn't really want to do television, and I was definitely not interested in writing papers. I didn't want to do that. But I thought, well, radio's kind of fun. You know, I like music and whatever, and radio is cool. I went in there, and Chuck Yates and... Jeannie, Chuck and Jeannie Yates, they were a married couple. They were the morning show for KGRC. So the high school took you into KGRC? Yes. Oh, wow. That was the, that was the radio station, a 100,000-watt station in Hannibal. Yeah, but they did, did, I mean, the other choice, I thought, was maybe they simulated it in a oh, room no, no, at the no. high school. Oh, we, oh. Didn't, no, we didn't. Have, we were not like you having a radio <laughs> station at the well, school. Well, I say simulate. No, that. that could yeah, be, you know, a couple that. of cups and a string, you know, how that goes. No, we actually went into the studio. So all day... You'd have a segment. You'd have like an hour or two that you signed up for, and you were in that. You were in the radio station doing whatever they wanted you to do. You you were on the air, or you could be writing commercials, or you could be, Excellent. you know, at the news desk, or you could do whatever. But wow. I happened to be at the DJ part. I really loved that, mm-hmm. and I would ended up taking all the extras. Nobody else didn't want to do it, so I'll take that space. Oh. Anybody else want that? I'll take that. I'll take that hour. I'll take that hour. Did they want to be I more behind the it. scenes? I don't know. I don't remember. Okay, I just curious. Just, come on, Tim. That was in high school. <laughs> I really don't remember. All I remember is that I really liked radio, and I thought, this is really cool. I mean, and I liked television, too, mm-hmm. because the house that we lived in was, uh, we had, okay, i got to start over, back up. Do you want me to put the rewind sound effect in right now? So it was a Hannibal Country Club golf course, one house, our house, a TV station, a driveway to a church, and a cemetery. Okay, so that's so we were close by a television station. So for me, it was like, I don't want to do the TV. I want to do the radio. And I'm in the same situation. I grew up out by the TV stations here in here in Rockford. Crazy, and. it didn't seem sexy. It seemed too normal. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. It, was, it wasn't different. So during the media day, obviously you all use your own name. So I used my name. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, no big deal. It was kind of cool. So I thought, oh, that's fun. You know, that's really fun. And then, of course, you graduate and get ready to go to college. Well, college, I was going to go into dance and performing arts and going to Columbia College 
and the, about three, four months prior to that, um, we got letters that saying, you know, unfortunately, there were some teachers like, oh, classes, it's just budget cuts. Ooh. And my dad's like, Mm-mm, we're not having that. We're not, you're not going there. And of course, I'm freaking out. What am I going to do? Where oh, am I going to go? No. So I was also inside the Miss America pageant. I was doing, um, competing for the Miss Hannibal pageant. Okay. And so we were going to be taping our TV interview, if you will. And the fellow in front of us that was taping a show also, his name is Terry Taylor. I will uh-huh. never forget his name. He was the director of admissions for Northeast Missouri State University in Kirksville. Oh, my. So my mom, who went with me, embarrassed the hell out of me, but got me enrolled into <laughs> Northeast Missouri State. So I went there. Unfortunately, they did not have a dance program. They did have music, so I took the music program, took the music route. I played piano and clarinet and sax. Too, but it so was meant heck. to happen. Yeah, it was. So while I was there, I became a tour guide because that was part of that was part of the package. In mm-hmm. order to you know be oh. there, you had to work in the admissions office. Oh. So I was an ambassador, and I was giving tours of the campus. But you weren't you a tour guide somewhere else though too? I was growing up. Yeah, I was at the Rockcliffe Mansion in Hannibal. Wow. So that was kind of So fun. it was no stranger to you, actually. No, and I was okay. making shit up left and right because, you know, here as a freshman, I didn't know my... I, I had the best, longest tours. If you didn't have to be back till somewhere till like an hour and a half, I've got you covered. You know. It's all false, oh, but I got your no time idea. covered. You know, I, you know, and here I am, a freshman. I didn't know where I was going. I was kind of confused. <laughs> you know, did, which building did what? But oh, I figured God. it all out. And you were working without a safety net yeah. on any of this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. So, uh, you know, that was fine. It was no big deal. But I also oh pledged Alpha Sigma Alpha. Our advisor was Al Edivine. That's another name I will never forget. Al was the media teacher. Okay. You know, so he'd do radio, TV all that type stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he did newspaper. I don't really recall that. But anyway, he came in one day, and a couple of us were sitting there, and he says, does anybody have any free time on such and such a place? Can you come and just sit in front of the microphone? You can do your homework, whatever. I just have to have a, a warm body there so they can learn how to work the cameras. And I'm like, sure, I have a free time that period. No big deal. So I came in there. Here I am reading a magazine of some sort, not doing homework, but I'm like, whoa, lights on, camera's going, I like this. Guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to change my major. So I went from music to mass communications. Did you really? With emphasis in public relations and broadcasting. Oh, my God. Yeah. And can you imagine where that would have gone if you hadn't shifted? Mm -hmm. Wow, good for you. Crazy, right? So I was also, like I said, in the Miss America pageant. So you're, you're in the... Uh, local levels to get up to the state to get up to the nationals Mm -hmm. so in my local level it was Kirksville and Hannibal and I was also in Rawls County so I did a bunch of that but um, you know I needed a job in the summertime I'm looking at the newspaper and they're calling they're wanting somebody to help for sales at the radio station I thought oh I like the radio station I'll do that (laughs) I went and I interviewed and and (laughs) Mike I can't remember his last name Mike but anyway I can see his face too he's like you would fit better as are like a weekend announcer or something. I'm like, okay, whatever. I didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know. I did not know right. what I did not know. But you had enough taste of it. I just had a taste. Yeah. You know, I just knew I wanted something. Well, as it turned out, I was working weekends as an automation operator for a 100,000 watt station, which reached like three or four states. Little did I know at but, that point in time. But did and that... the only time I was really on the air, Tim, was on the bottom of the hour doing weather. Well, I was just going to say, does that automation not take the whole sexiness out of what you wanted to do? Kind of, sort of, but not really. I mean, it, but you got you your foot. Still, you got your foot yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Wow. So it was neat. So you were you were a tape changer and a cart swapper uh-huh. in this in this automation. And uh, doing commercials, and so I learned splicing. Oh, uh, there you go. Yeah. China marker and razor blades. Oh God, big time, go. big time. I was really good at that too. Did you have a whole floor full by the time you were done? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. And then too. I could pick up. I actually knew which piece went where, you know, know. so it was kind of fun. I wish we could reuse that stuff somehow. And you just, back then you just, can you imagine what we threw away? Oh, all kinds of of that stuff. I mean, if you've got a really good promo or a a multi-pieced commercial, like if Diana Ross came to the Metro Mm -hmm. Center, that type of thing, Mm -hmm. you've got all these segments of... You've got mm. crap on the floor that, oh, okay, mm-hmm. all right, whatever. I'm not paying for it, okay. And the final product was okay, mm-hmm. but mm, God, yeah. it made you cringe. I know it did. I wow. know you think about that. So anyway, I did that for a while, but I also got college credit for working at the radio station. Okay, good, as you so, should. As I yeah. should. Yeah. So once I graduated, then I got a full-time job at that same radio station. I was basically doing overnights, on-air overnights, but I was writing commercial copy during the day. How can you do overnights and during the day? Because they didn't come in until like 3 or 4 in the afternoon. The paperwork would be there, and I have to write. Maybe I don't remember what time it was. All I know is that I I wrote. Oh, I know what it was. It was automation. Hello. <laughs> because I would be there, and I was writing, and I just remember my corner desk office. No windows, but the office was there, and I'm writing probably 30 or 40 pieces of copy a day. Yeah. Yeah, you're only doing top of the hour and bottom of the hour. Uh, commercials. You could write in that 30-minute segment while the automation was playing, correct? Uh, during the daytime, I didn't have to do that because it was all live. Oh. I'm daytime. Gotcha. Yeah. How long did you do that? Probably a couple years. Yeah, because then friends of mine, Reggie Coleman, we called him Chocolate Thunder. His voice was so deep and so awesome. <laughs> He's just cool. He kept hounding me and hounding me and hounding me to come over and work across the river in Quincy, Illinois. Okay. Well, Jeff Dorsey... Uh, Dennis Oliver, Dave Norman, Reggie Coleman, and myself ended up starting 99Q in Quincy. Um, How did they herd all those cats? From the, competitors? From, from different stations, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. That takes some balls to do that. Yeah. Um, it was awesome. And it was a station that was in in the same family or group as a, a TV station. Oh, so it okay. was really cool. Okay. I learned a lot. Um, on that one, I was actually night times. It was just like seven to midnight instead of overnights. Wow. Um, but I learned a lot, had the opportunity to interview a lot of people. That was really cool. But I knew I didn't want to stick around. I didn't want to stay in my hometown. I wanted to get up. My, well, my goal at that point in yeah. time was to be one of the, because not very many females, one of the top female jocks in a major market, Chicago, New York, or L.A. Okay. Okay. Uh, how was I going to get there? Well, you always have to move, you know, yeah, as you we announced. Climb the ladder. You climb the ladder. Yeah, so you go you elsewhere. So and it's not radio, necessarily the same ladder uh-uh. that you're starting out uh-uh. with. Uh-uh. Yeah. And radio and records was our Bible. So you go to the radio records and you're looking for the ads, who's where. I would make tapes and have the resume and send it out everywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, as it turned out, I got the job in Memphis, Tennessee. Get out of here. So I went from Podunk, Hannibal, Quincy, not even listed in the top whatever, to. Memphis, Tennessee, well, a they major heard, market. But they heard something. They did hear something. And in I you ended up being because I was always CHR. I was always top forty. But I ended up going overnights to a rock and roll station, a rock station. Whoa. KWLN. Whole different library of whole knowledge. Whole different library. Yeah. So I really had to learn. So you did overnights, and Memphis is what about two hundred thousand people? Mm, it's big. 
Is it? Okay. So it was quite a jump for you. It was a major jump. Good for you. It was a major jump. Wow. Is Hannibal, as opposed to your other radio stations, where you learned the most? I think Hannibal and Quincy is where I learned the most. Okay. Both of them, Hannibal and Quincy. Hannibal, I learned a lot of the basics. Uh, Quincy, I learned a lot more with regards to interviewing. Of course, I think I learned more in interviewing also in Memphis, too. But I learned a lot of basic steps is in there, both of those. Is there somebody in Quincy that you interviewed that I would recognize? <laughs> Tiny Tim. Did you really? <laughs> well, Jeff Dorsey actually interviewed him, but I had I got the opportunity to <laughs> talk with him a little bit. Wow. Yeah. There's very think, seldom people that could put Tiny Tim on their resume, and that's pretty yeah, stinking but I, you cool. You know what? I think, I think the fun part is that I got to actually use my imagination on the air. You can actually be an actress with your voice yes. in radio. And that's where I had the opportunity to do that the most, I think, was mm-hmm. in Quincy. Mm-hmm. So not so much interviewing on the radio. I had more interviewing in person. We were the station. And you had access mm-hmm. to people and places and things to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. So we what, gave, a, we gave away it? a car and I well, was wearing a tuxedo, just you like were, the boys. How'd you give away the car? I don't really remember that. How we gave it away. In Charleston, we gave away a car based on a jello jump. You remember that? <laughs> no. I don't know how they ever pulled this off, but it was at a dealership and it was this great big container. I mean, think about it. How would you how would you mix this crap up to where it's <laughs> it's it's liquid enough you can get in it, but it's not li- too hard that you couldn't get out of it. Yeah. And the keys were at the bottom of this container, this gigantic oh six foot by six foot container. So you had to dive in to get yes, keys. these yeah, listeners won chances. How. Yeah, these yeah. listeners won chances to go in the Jello jump, so they'd have a bikini or, or swim trunks on, and they'd dive in and get the key. Well, oh, wow. then you only had maybe what I don't know, fifteen, twenty keys, and only one of them fit the car. Yeah. So these people <laughs> at this dealership were coming Slime. out. Oh my God, they were just <laughs> so gross. But, of course, they all came out with the key. So how they did it, I have no idea. And that's how we gave away the the car. That's how we gave away one. One time we gave away a motorcycle. I mean, this was a crotch rocket. I mean, this thing had everything. Mm. And you had to touch the motorcycle. And the last one to not be touching the motorcycle won it. Well, that means we're spending the night with these Mm -hmm. listeners, Mm -hmm. you know, taking turns at Mm -hmm. this dealership. And I remember this one gal, God, there was like six or seven people when I was spending the night with them. And this one gal, she was sort of a rough and ready gal, but somehow a bug crawled in her ear that night. And she wakes up in the morning and just completely freaking out. And of course, we're not understanding how to help her, but yet she doesn't want to let go. Right. And she's got this thing, quote unquote, crawling around in her head. Oh, gross. Oh, God. It, it gave you a story to tell. Yeah. But... Later on that day, did we she had, win or lose? No, she lost. Oh, oh good yeah. God, she let go and went oh, to the I hospital. Like, oh, get that thing out! Yeah, of just, it was like just yeah, it. it was way too creepy. But yeah. you know, how can you troubleshoot that? Well, we have to account for insects uh, crawling into our listeners. No, nobody thinks about that crap. Yeah. So that's anyway. crazy. That's yeah. crazy. So why a tuxedo though? Because it was just everybody was wearing a tuxedo and it was a big event. Oh, and I remember gotcha. the guys all had theirs, and I was pretty much the only female there, so I had a red cummerbund and my red high heels. <laughs> My red pumps and that, and my red bow tie, you know, and that was it. Wow. That was the first time I'd ever worn a tuxedo. Do you have any pictures to prove this? Uh, yeah, actually, Do I think you? there is one on Facebook, as a matter of fact. Good for you. Wow. What else does Memphis 
come to mind? I mean, you did overnights. I did overnights. And I, I'll tell you what, I did overnights for until the station was bought. And I was one of uh, two or three people that actually got to stay on because I had CHR background. Oh, good for you. That was my reason. So, and were you downtown in the middle of an yeah, we office were, building or we out by a transmitter site? Um, 88 Union Avenue, as a matter of fact. I can tell you it was like almost across the street from the Peabody. That's where I always got nervous for people that did overnights at radio stations that were out in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily that you got creepy listeners or anything like that coming. You've got wildlife. Mm -hmm. You've got car breakdowns. You've got weather problems. And you're out in the middle of God knows where at a transmitter site. But it seemed to work. I don't remember anybody ever getting murdered that I knew of at any I, station. I did have a stalker. Did you really? I did. I did. did. did when I went to Memphis, I changed my name. And I was told I needed to change my name. So did, I went as Liz Michaels. Did it start out? Did the stalking start out on the phone? Uh, I don't know. We don't know how. Because uh, I was, oh. you know, you always answer the phone. You don't know who you're talking to. Of course I not. I have no clue. And no. Thousands of calls. Yeah. Always. You yeah. know, we're always on the phone. All I know is that I couldn't go home after a while because the person knew the kind of car I drove, where I lived. And I lived in a, um, a kind of a gated community area. Oh. And I didn't have my phone number listed because, you know, at that point in time, we didn't have mobile phones. No, you know, of course not. None of that stuff. So... I, I was just kind of freaking out. So I was told you can't go home. So I stayed with my friend Joe and I would go and have my other girlfriend feed my cats because I had two cats at that point in time, go at, at odd hours with somebody to my apartment to pick up clothes oh. and come back and forth. Yeah, it was very crazy. They did end up catching him because they found him loitering around in the apartment complex and he had a rap sheet like you wouldn't believe. And he was from California. He was just a transient. He just happened to fixate on me. Oh man. Mm -hmm. Wow. How long Weird. did that last? Three months, four oh, months. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. You're looking over your shoulder the whole time. So when I left Memphis and came to Rockford, uh, which by the way, I have to tell you, Kathy Hart is instrumental in a lot of this stuff. Kathy Hart and I I follow her is what it is. I, I feel like I follow her because I replaced her coming to Rockford. But after I left Rockford, her old program director asked her if there was anybody who might need a job. And she said, you might try Liz. She's been there a while. So I went to Buffalo. Had she him. met you? Mm -mm. No, I've never met her. I've never had the pleasure Are of meeting her. Are you kidding me? Never. And then when I moved from Rockford and came to Chicago, I was, you know, interviewing jobs in Chicago and found out she worked in Chicago. So I had I had no clue. What the hell Isn't kind of creepy story is that? Isn't that? Crazy. And you've never met her. I've never met her. I've seen pictures. I think she's in Montana. She's in the Radio Hall of Fame uh, yeah. with Eric Ferguson. Yeah. And I I actually think if I'm not mistaken, I actually think that she was interviewed not too awful recently. Um, on WGN by Bob Surratt. I think you were right. You told me that. Yeah. I did not get a chance to listen to it. But and I, I think it, you're right. it's, it's so cool that you've got this cluster of WROK and WZOK alumni in the Chicago area or was in the Chicago area mm -hmm. because you've got Lisa Dent and Joe Soto and yeah. Lisa Fielding and yeah. Jim Mulvaney and, you know, Kathy yeah. Hart. And it goes on and on and on. It's yeah, like, are you right? kidding me? Right? Mm -hmm. Wow, that's crazy. Um, where do we leave off? Memphis, so Memphis. Memphis. Yeah, from Memphis. I, I, um, I told myself, if I ever start saying, I'm fixing to get somewhere, I'm fixing to go somewhere, I'm fixing to do this, I was out of there. Yeah. Well, it took about two and a half, three years, and I was out of there. I was ready to go. 
No, it was shortly after the the CHR change because I was doing um, a morning news or something with Rumble and Thrower and Night Times, I guess. It was it was interesting. But anyway, I ended up coming to Rockford, okay. and I came to Rockford. It was shortly before Steve Summers's birthday. Okay. Steve was the program, I think, program director, right? I think he, he was a program. By, director. by that point, he was program director. Okay. Yeah, he was promotion. Strassel is actually the one that brought me on. Greg okay. Strassel, and he hired myself and John Ivy at the same time. Okay. So we were there, and I came in May with a U-Haul and my Pontiac 1000, my little red Pontiac 1000. And my friend Jimmy Lowry, is, he was a firefighter in Memphis. Um, he actually drove up with me because I had not driven a U-Haul. I didn't know what no, to do. No, of course not. Yeah. It was kind of crazy. I ended up staying at um, the Alpine Inn Yes. for about two weeks until my apartment at the Sandy Hollow, um, I forgot what it's called, Hampton Great. Ridge. Hampton Ridge. Hampton Ridge, Hampton yeah. Hampton Ridge was being built, and it wasn't quite done yet. My doorbell still had the wires hanging out and fresh paint smell. You know, you could hear all that. <laughs> So, yeah. So that was that. And my first event was that weekend for Mother's Day concert. It was the weekend that you arrived? Shortly after, yeah. And I was still, like I said, I was living at the Alpine Inn. It is absolutely a fish in a frying pan situation. always. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jump right in. Yeah, you're a hot body and you ought to know what to do and go do this. Yep. Well, and thankfully I didn't have to MC anything. Oh, they didn't. Good. They. I don't think they introduced <laughs> me until because I wasn't on the air yet. But I think I had just gotten there. But I met Carol, Carol Noel, Carol Bailey. Mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. Um, she just a fast friend, and that's when I met most of the guys there too. And the guys from ICU, mm-hmm. um, Chris and uh, Nick and Nick and Dan and whatever. And this they is were performing. And this is when ZOK sponsored the Mother's Day concerts at Page Park. I think that's where it was. Yes, okay, Page wow, because that was a big event. Yeah, I had a bird, a parrot, Larry Bird, who... Uh, you you had a parrot named Larry Bird. I did. He's a parrot. He's good, green. You good know, like Lord. Celtics. Larry, Larry Bird. God. I have to back up. So when I was in Memphis... Um, <laughs> I know, right now you should insert, I can't make this stuff up. <laughs> you just did, thank you. Yeah. Now, my friend was Joe Walsh, who... who I, again, you'd think I'd know this because I was supposed to, I was working at a rock station. I knew the groups, but I did not know the individual people. Oh, join so the club. So I had no idea that Joe was of the Eagles when oh. I, I had no idea who he was. When you when first, I first met him? first met him. Let me tell you this. When I first met this, when I first came to Memphis, this is kind of a fun story. When I first went to Memphis, I went down there for an interview. The next week there were like tornadoes or something. I went down and and was looking for a place, and there were floods. When I moved, it snowed. It never snowed. In Memphis? Yes, and people were freaking out. They didn't know what to do. Everything was shut down. I'm like, it was a dusting. It was kind of like what we had this is lately, just a dusting. But still. But still, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the guy in the morning, I think his name was Ken, every Thursday morning would interview and have a guest in his studio, and it was usually a pretty well-known person, musical person, because wow. Memphis is a hub for yeah. music. It's sort of like Nashville. Yeah, very much so. So he, he said to me, can you come down, you know, at, I think they'll be there about 6 or 6.30, and just open the door, because you had to go, we were on the top floor, I guess, I don't remember exactly, mm-hmm. but you had to go down the elevator and, and open up the security and come back. Thank God I remembered the security code because I had written down on my hand. Otherwise, I'm like, uh, I can't get back in. Hello. Anyway, when I open up the door, there's this guy standing around. There's two other guys that I didn't know who they were. And Jim Varney. 
You know what I mean, Vern? You know, Vern? You know what I mean? The commercial oh guy? Jim Barney. That... I knew who Jim Barney was. I didn't know who Joe was. I didn't know who Sam and this other guy was. I had no idea who Jimmy and Sam and these guys were. Oh, not until much later. That's funny. So Because they weren't on TV. I mean, think well, about it. Jim Barney is who I knew. Jim, I didn't, Jim I was knew Jim, Barney. Jim was in your face. Yeah, that's all the right. Time. So, but Joe Walsh was one of the people, and he would come in all the time. And Sam was in a local band, and Jimmy Jameson was a Survivor. So oh, I was like, I had no idea who these people were. My. But you know, so I was standing there, and I've got my hands, you know, my chin in my hands, and I'm just gawking at. Jim Barney. Oh my God, it's Jim Barney, you know? I care less about these other guys. And I think that might have made an impression on him or something. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. The next week, I was in the studio and I was uh, doing commercial work and whatever too. And my back was to the door and somebody touches me on the right side, on the left side. And I turn around and look and there's nobody there. And I turn around on the right side and it's Joe Walsh. And he puts a rose in front of me and he says, Hi, Lizzie. And I'm like, Oh my God. First of all, he knew my name. Second of all, it's now I know who he is, you know, yeah. after a yeah. big boop. And Jim Varney never gave you shit, did he? Mm. Joe gives you a rose, yeah. and Jim never gave you a yeah. shit. And I don't know, you know, I don't know whether he was just visiting, if he was in after a show. I don't remember <laughs> that. I just know that he's the only one I knew oh, until man. afterwards. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. When Joe left Memphis, he says to me, Lizzie, you get Larry. And I'm like, oh, I've never had a bird before. I don't know what I'm going to do. But here I am. So I'm stuck with a bird, a parrot, who I've had since he was six months old. Whoa. Uh, he was 30 when he passed. I was going to say, they lived to yeah. be like 50 years old. Yeah, yeah. He developed some kind of tumor. But anyway, he was 30 when he passed. So I'm bringing him to Memphis with me. I mean, to uh, to to Rockford with me in the U-Haul with the two cats and my fireman friend. So... It's like, okay. <laughs> and I'm here at Anna Page with the bird on my shoulder. So you were like a pirate. Yeah, I was like a pirate. Wow. Whatever, so you know, let's so back up just a little bit. Mm-hmm. You got the bird uh-huh. because Joe went on tour, basically? He basically left Memphis, was going back, I guess, to get back together again with the Eagles. No kidding. And so he's back in California. Yeah. Okay. Which is probably the whole Jackson Brown and J.D. Souther and that whole story that, oh my God, wow. And you were right on the ground level of that. There's a song Holy that cow. he wrote, Average Ordinary Guy, which is sure. everything we did. Really? Yeah, kind of fun. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Do you have any recollection, any evidence, any backstage passes, any photos, any of that time frame? I have some. Yeah, I do have some. Um, and a friend of mine, actually, Erwin Ward, uh, was kind of like his manager, if you will. Erwin and I became very good friends. And Erwin took a lot of pictures. And he was kind of there cleaning up when Joe left. Mm-hmm. And then Erwin went on to someplace else. So I I don't really know. I've just got a couple of pictures with us. But I, I there was a time when I went with Erwin over to California. And we watched Joe perform on his own. So we were kind of there watching a couple of tours and wow. a couple of songs. But I, I don't have a lot of photos then. Speaking you know, because you know, it wasn't on your phone. No. You had to actually take no, the camera and go yeah, get it developed. Yeah. I really don't have any of those. And back then they were probably 110 Instamatics. Yes, yes, the little square things. Yeah. That's honestly, with, with what we've got here at Edgebrook at the Storyteller Studio, I'm amazed that we have the photos that we do mm-hmm. because it wasn't easy and it wasn't convenient. And if, and if you did have it, it wasn't easy to share with people. Mm-hmm. And we've got copies and copies and copies of those types of things that there'd be no way. If you, if you asked me to bet on the possibility of getting these, I'd go, hell no, I'd lose that bet every time. Mm-hmm. 
There's this picture. I'm going to get that book. Hang on a second. Let me get that book. Okay. There's that picture. There's the parrot. Of the bird. And that was my first introduction to everybody. Obviously, you can see Carol there. And I think that I think that's uh, Roger. I can't really tell. So, so let me ask you, at what point yep. in the concert did this parrot turn into a ferret? Because oh, here, yeah, you, here you've got a ferret on your shoulder. That was somebody else's a ferret. <laughs> I don't. I don't really remember where that came from, but animals, I love animals. So I was like. And you're in a park. So, hey. hey, And it's new and I can be whoever I want to be. Nobody knows me. You know, nobody knew me. So it was kind of fun. So with you saying nobody knows you. Right. And if I'm lying, I'm dying. First of all, for all you listeners, Liz and I have a separate podcast called Life's 3x5s that we started about a couple of months before the Storyteller Studio. Yes. Obviously, you and I are in constant promoting mode. We just are. (laughs) And when we talk to people, you go, okay, if I'm lying, I'm dying. Okay. That when I say... I am doing a podcast with an old radio buddy of mine. Do you remember Liz Weiler at WZOK? Nine out of ten. Swear to God, nine out of ten people will go, yes, I remember her. And, and the other one says, oh, yeah, I grew up with her. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and they look at my card because I'm giving them a card, you know, yeah. with all the information on them. And they have that look on their face going, I, I don't know who the hell you are. Oh, but they no. kn- yeah yeah but they know Liz Wilder from WZOK swear to god so there i stand yeah. you know with sort of you know wet underwear going hey <laughs> thanks a lot but when you say people don't know you that's certainly not true now oh really? you know and I've, i got to tell you though it's i've been out of radio per se for a long time now yep still doing voiceover work still you know, got the voice out there, and but I'm still doing some camera work too. People tend to know me now, not from radio, but as the retool girl. Back then, when I was on the radio, I was also doing the Humphrey Cadillac oh, commercials, yeah. so I was the Cadillac girl. I remember that. Yeah. Again, I think it gets back to the Jim Varney thing. People remember what's in their faces. Yeah. And if you're not on the radio, but you're in their face on their TV, that's what they're going to remember you as. So, you know, I guess it sort of is understandable. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Crazy. I, I'm about at the end of my Moscato wine, okay. so I think I need to refill. That's one thing. Oh, okay. And second of all, we had Japanese food earlier, <laughs> and and it was really good from Izakaya 88. But do you sort of feel yourself going into a food coma? No. No, I am. I think I eat too much. I oh, really do. Wow. Yeah. So I'm opening up an airplane bottle of Moscato and <laughs> filling my cup again. Go right ahead. So where did you leave off? So I did middays at ZOK. Um, started in May of 89 and I was here until October of 91. Like I said, Steve, and you've probably heard this from Steve too. Steve picked me up at the airport and yes. did my interviews and stuff too. Yeah. Because of my stalking issue and because of people that I dated at that point in time back in Memphis, <laughs> I did tell him, I don't date anybody I work with. I really don't. So, and I never did. <laughs> I never did. And Steve goes, whoa, whoa, yeah, I'm, right? just, I'm just yeah. here to pick you up. Exactly. Right. <laughs> but then I, I did, um, I found out many years later that the guys from ICU, two of them had a bet Uh-oh. on who could date the new girl. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> and First. did anybody cash in on that bet? Oh, yeah, they did. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. So it was kind of interesting. And it was it was fun (laughs) because the first Halloween party that we had at Blue Suede Shoes, 
I used one of my pageant dresses, and mm. I was Diana Ross with my two bodyguards. Mm. And the two bodyguards were the two guys from ICU. No way. Yeah. Nick Sanavi and Chris Menzel. Fun. That takes a 360, doesn't it? <laughs> Holy cow. But it was a lot of fun. It seems like, as an outsider, because I was already out of the industry by the time you got to WZOK, but it's, it seems like you that was your forte, was working the crowd. Is that sort of a fair assessment of Cubby what... Cubby O'Brien's? No, no, it's not Cubby O'Brien's. No. Prairie Moon? No, 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 no. I don't know which one you're talking about. No, I think Hard Times is up in Beloit. I liked being out and about with the people. I really enjoyed that. Yes. And I think ZOK as a whole did a lot of parties for the listeners. They, oh, they yeah. were big. If you recall, I... I wish I would have kept that, too. I don't know where it is. But we had ratings that were out of this world. I mean, they were 40-plus. You don't get 40-plus shares anymore. No, I know. Ever. We were everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. I mean, and the the lineup went Jeff Wicker in the mornings, myself middays, Steve Summers in the afternoon, and then night times, it kind of fluctuated. Um, Overnights was Jerry Jensen. Were you in the Rodzilla era? Yes. Rodzilla was... Afterwards, okay, so I can't remember because there was a couple of different people. There was Rodzilla, there was Peter Parker, there was, oh, I can't think of the guy's name right off the top of my head, but there were a number of people that were there. And Jesse Garcia, Jesse Garcia, oh my. he was one of them. He left, but he ended up being like program director, I think, or something. I don't, he was the part of the original. And then that nighttime shift just changed. Oh, changed all the time. So that's, I don't remember who was who. And to date me with respect to you being at the station, Jesse Garcia was one of my interns one year. Oh my, really? <laughs> yes. Oh wow. Yeah, tell me that's not a little shocker right there with where he climbed up. I think he's doing uh programming a radio station, a country radio station in Indiana now. Oh wow. That that's the latest I've heard. I can't, I can't remember maybe Lafayette, Indiana or somewhere like that. But still in the industry is my point. Right, right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. right, 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 yeah. right, right. What is the best fun. what is the thing that you remember receiving as the best free item from anywhere? I mean, we were always getting free things. And when I was out on remotes, they would always give you free things. Because you talk about it. Yeah. I can't even begin to tell you. I mean I've gotten coats, I've gotten shoes, I've gotten books, all kinds of things. You were you were the Cadillac girl. Did you get a I car? I did not get a car. No, I did not get a car. <laughs> no, but I will tell you, I will tell you, the first month that I was here in town, mm-hmm. okay, it. I'm not familiar enough with the roads, so I didn't know, but you know Sandy Hollow is at the south end of Rockford. Yes. And the station is midway yes. through the town. Okay. Yes. So I only took Alpine. That was the only road I knew. Okay, Alpine gets very slippery when it's wet, especially in front of Colonial Village Mall. It does. It's not there anymore, I really. But I was in my car, my Pontiac 1000, had it paid off for one month. It was a little itty-bitty thing. no. And, yep, slid right into the back of another vehicle and totaled the vehicle. I was so bummed, so bummed. Um, Also, that was when I first met had had acquaintances with Brian Boyer, who is really? now my husband, because Brian has the insurance for everybody at the radio station. And, oh. And being a newbie in Illinois, where in Tennessee you didn't have to have car insurance back then. You do have to Well, have there's it a now. lot of things in Tennessee that you don't have I to know, have. Right? So as yeah. a poor radio DJ, I yeah. did not have any. <laughs> but I did when I came to Illinois. Anyway, um, Sonny Stockwell, Sonny Beal now, she and Bill Bainbridge worked for a limo company. 
And so I was taking a limousine to the radio station for about two weeks until I got a new vehicle. Well, aren't you just hoity-toity? I know, right? Oh, my so God. Not a, not a Cadillac, but a limousine. Oh, yeah. my God. That's hilarious. Isn't so that when funny? you think about it. Isn't that funny? And I had no, I didn't know who to call. I no. didn't know what to do. So I'm calling Steve Summers. I'm like, Steve is like my big brother. And Steve was always that way. Mm-hmm. And Chuck Doyle was always that way. Mm-hmm. He helped mm-hmm. a lot of people being a Rockford native, helped a lot of people mm-hmm. going, hey, I know you don't know how to maneuver stuff. And if between them, they didn't know, yeah, you know what they'd tell you? Well, or they'd send you into the sales department Yeah, because they know everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Think about that. Yeah. You know, one of the weirdest things that I received as sort of a gratis gift was not actually a physical item. And it was one of the things that I resisted. I interviewed a fortune teller on WROK one time. Oh, how cool. And she said, as a Uh thank you for having me on, I would like to do a reading for you. And I said, no, 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 that's that's not necessary. And she goes, no, I really, really would like to. And I go, no, that's sort of (laughs) not necessary. No, I don't want it. And then then I go, well, you know, I don't get off until 2 o'clock this afternoon. That's okay. I'll wait. And I'm going, oh, shit, I can't get out of this. Oh my God! Did she I, give you a reading? I, yes, but here's the thing, was it because wrong? because she just what, say it again. <laughs> was it wrong? Uh, no, it was oh. way right. Oh dear. Yeah, okay. I, as it turned out, I mean, as you let months go on, right, right, right. then you start to connect the dots, you know, because when she said certain things, it wasn't blatant. It's not like you're going to meet a person that's five foot two. Her name is Liz. You know, not like that. And I'm not five foot two. <laughs> five foot five and a half. Thank you very much. <laughs> Okay, let it be known that over the last 35 years, Liz has fact-checked the shit out of me on every syllable. And when I get personal, then she really fact-checks me. But I told her when she, I mean, she was really twisting. And I don't know if it's because she knew that there was some juicy crap that she wanted to let out. I don't know. I said, well, we can't do it in the radio station because there's just too many ears. So where did you go? We went out underneath the tower in the backyard oh wow remember they had a picnic yeah. table sitting oh, out I there i forgot about that yeah they did yes yeah they did because you could see it right from the window yeah from the zok, from the window. ZOK window yeah yeah so it was a rickety ass picnic table that was sitting out there and of course i'm sure people like audrey and rick carner and all those people are going what in the hell is he doing out there i don't recognize that part is that a new employee no it's a fortune teller so here she is, and she's laying this stuff out there, and I'm taking notes, you know, because I'm not going to remember all this stuff. Did she give you stuff. cards? Did she do tarot cards? No. Oh, she just... No, sitting like you and I oh, are right oh, here. Oh, okay. And, you know, she would ask one thing, like, uh, you know, tell me what year you were born, you know, that kind oh, of yeah. generic stuff, and then she'd bounce off of that, and i go, okay, all right, fine, all right, thank you very much, all right, fine. And then, like, two months later, I'm going, oh, crap, oh, this, this is starting to happen. And it sort of freaked me out. So I, my initial response of, no, I'm okay, I was right. But she sort of torqued me into a, a little reading. So that was the thing that somebody wanted to give me. And I knew, oh, no, 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 no. Riley O'Neill had somebody on his show at one point in time. I don't remember if he was, he must have been afternoons, middays or afternoons. He, he was at one time, afternoons, okay. yeah. I was middays, he was afternoons. It was uh, Doug McDuff and Dan... Willis. Dan Willis, yes. They were on the AM side when I was... At ZOK. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, anyway, Riley had a pet psychic. 
And I thought, oh my gosh, that would be cool. I'd like to see what Larry is saying. I'd like to know what my cat Tiger knows, you know, because Tiger had been with me forever and a day. He was my old tiger cat who lived to be 24. What? Yeah, yeah, he's been with me for a long time. And then, of course, Larry was older. And anyway, and I wanted to know, and Roxy was my gray cat, but I just wanted to know what they thought, you know, coming in, whatever. Well, she was spot on. She would say things that nobody knew but me. That's right. That same person came in on Riley's show years earlier because you came there in 89. Yes. So this might have been like 85, 86, maybe probably 86, somewhere in that area. And Sandy at that point, Sandy's my wife, was at that point working in the continuity department. Okay. And they had asked, in anticipation of this gal coming in, if anybody wants to bring their pets in. Yeah. So Tom says, sure, I'll, I'll bring in my cat. So he brings in the cat, doesn't say anything about anything. The cat is just <laughs> sitting there. And he goes, the cat wants to know something about a litter box under <gasps> a, a sink or something like that that nobody else would know. <gasps> And talked about Riley's dog saying, you give him a half a hot dog every time you walk in the door. Well, how would anybody know that? Well, then it really freaked out Tom when she said, uh, you ever want to know why your cat is licking the head post of your bed? Oh, no. Well, who the hell knows that? And Tom just, I mean, he turned white because I remember being in the studio when it all happened. He turned white like, holy crap. He says, because there's some kind of a mineral deficiency that that cat is getting out of the varnish of, of the bedpost. Wow. Oh, that, I mean, she got the gold star right there on yeah. that one. I'm and, sure it was the same lady. Oh, it has to have been. Stuff that Larry, I mean, Larry, we would put Larry in the kitchen in Joe's house and he'd walk through the pots and pans in the cupboard <laughs> and she knew it. And blue carpet on the stairs and Larry is walking up the stairs on the blue carpet. She knew it. It was just amazing. Creepy. Yeah, nobody else would know. Wow. That. So that was, that was kind of cool. Obviously, he had her back time and time again because she was so good at she it. She was. Wow. Hey, when you were talking about concerts, going out to California, did you, and I'm not asking for an absolute number, but generally speaking, did you see more concerts out in the audience or backstage? Mm, always backstage. Are you my, kidding me? Uh, I have never. In fact, uh, my very first concert I ever saw in front of the stage as just a, shoot, even that's not true. Um, I was going to say in front of the stage was in Peoria at a Great White show, and but I was a guest of a Great White, so I wasn't really out in front, so... Hmm. The one that I paid for? Well, no, I'm not saying paid for. No, 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 you know what I mean. You know, to be in in the audience. No, I really couldn't tell you. I was backstage all the freaking time. And on stage interviewing. My very first interview was in Hannibal. Um, The guys from, it was Mr. Mr. and the Beach Boys, because it was like a summer concert. Sure. Everybody was there. Yeah. And they were one of the groups. And um, Great White was another group. Actually, Great White was probably one of the first ones that I knew and interviewed and stuff, too. But it was crazy to know now that I met these people. The Who, I was on side stage. Are you getting this from the promoters or the venue or I think it was record just a, labels? I think that, you know, some of it, I think, was record labels. Some of it was promoters. Some of it was the artists themselves, just because I met the artists themselves. Some was from the radio station because you're up there doing the introduction. Yeah. I just stayed on the side and watched. And nobody and bothered nobody you. nobody says anything. No, they don't. No. If, if you act like you know what you're doing, they'll leave you alone. If you look a little nervous like I shouldn't be here, they'll kick your ass out in a minute. Yeah. Def Leppard? Oh, love them. Really? Yeah. There was only one concert that I 
talked myself into going into the concert and I had no business in doing it, I have no idea why I chose this concert because it's so stupid. Who was it? Gordon Lightfoot. <laughs> That's, that was okay. Why would I put the energy into talking my way into the Metro Center in the backstage of the Metro Center for Gordon Lightfoot? Wouldn't you figure if I was going to pay that token, I'd pick a bigger, you know, like Rick Springfield or I mean, somebody like, like that. And Nancy Wilson of Hearts? Yeah, yeah, something like that. But no, Dixon. no. Dumbass Tim picks Gordon Lightfoot. And that guy is still touring, by the way. Is he really? Yes. And last year, he came to the Coronado Theater. And you want to know who the promoter was? Don Kay. Don Kay oh, from, from WZOK. He has been doing nightlight promotions for 30-plus years. I just talked to him the other day. Really, really successful. And he did part-time on ZOK back in the day. He was in my era. It was Don Kay. Chuck Doyle, Roger Peters, oh Carol. Oh. Um, I, there was some other person, and I don't remember who it was, but it was pretty much those guys, those people. Wow. Yeah, those see, were my, that was my group. Yeah. You see, I. My class. That was my class. <laughs> of it is. It's sort of like an inductee <laughs> class on the Hall of Fame. That's exactly it. Uh -huh. Hey, um, did you do that thing? And I'm saying this sort of haphazardly because we did it on the AM all the time, where. You would just grab the keys to the van and grab as many prizes as you could grab out of your stash and just go hit the streets? I don't believe we did that. If we did, I don't recall it because we were always out. And so the van and us, we were always out, be it on remotes, um, be it at like wet Wednesdays. Oh, yeah. You know, you're doing all of that stuff. So you um, didn't necessarily need to do extra stuff. No. Because There you was were no booked. reason. Yeah. People knew who we were. Yeah. There was no reason for us to go out and to do other stuff. You know, and then when Big Max came, we would have Big Max out at the Young at Heart concert, out at the On the Waterfront, mm -hmm. um, the Wicker World Tour. Yeah. Remember Tell that? Tell me about that. That was fun. Oh, my God. And, you know, and Donnie Osmond. Oh, okay, yeah. Here we I go. I really, really love Here him. we go. Here we go. Would you like more wine? Because uh, this would really help the no, story, I'm sure. I'm no, no, no. <laughs> Donnie, Donnie, I have been obsessed with Donnie since I was a little girl. Really? I have never heard that from you. <laughs> And and I don't and my, I don't my neighbor Kim Wesley who's married Kim I'm telling on you now, her bedroom was pa painted purple because she was a Donnie and Marie fan. She had long hair. Gorgeous. Yeah. Anyway, so we even have there. a Donnie Osmond autographed picture here at Edgebrook that would have been probably what 1990 mm -hmm. something in that mm -hmm. area. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with the Wicker World Tour, it was another promotion. It was another way to get out and about and get people going. I'm sure it was a book promotion, I'm sure. Because we yeah. were always thinking about the Arbitron. Yeah. Always doing that. Great idea. He would just go to various little towns, mm -hmm. be it Shemung, you know, <laughs> be it um, Byron or, or Duran or, you know, little, little tiny Rockton, you know, little places and do a morning show or have guests, musical guests. Well, there was a couple times Donny Osmond showed up. You know, and it was like, oh, my gosh, Donnie's here. What small town would Donnie Osmond have showed up? I think he was at the Byron one. I think oh he was in Byron. God. I, I don't recall that. So if anybody remembers for sure, That's a cool. But yeah, yeah. I mean, like, we were always there. You know, I've heard so many good things from so many different people in our episodes that we've had mm -hmm. about Donnie Osmond. He's wonderful. He's just the most genuine guy and... We saw him in Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat mm -hmm. in Chicago. I think it was called the Blackstone Theater, I think. Wonderful show. And this was years and years and years ago. And then here it was, I don't know, maybe five or six years after we saw him, 
He's in an interview, and he says that he's just scared to death to be on stage. Yeah, I did hear that. And it 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 sort of hurt me. It's like God, what that guy must have gone through to be that good. Mm-hmm. And he's that good when he's in Vegas too. Yes, of course. No, yeah, Wonderful. no matter where he is. Wonderful. And I'll tell you, I don't know if I've told you the story or not, but Marie Osmond is just as a sweetheart as I hear the stories from Donnie Osmond. Uh, I ran into her at Walt Disney World. Oh, fun. And we went shopping at Mickey's Works, I think it's called, at Epcot. And she was shopping because we just sort of got talking. And she was shopping for one of her nephews. And I was doing the same thing. And they were about the same age. So we ended up helping each other going, oh, do you think they'd like this? And we ended up picking out the same thing. And, hey, nice talking to you. See you later. But she had a... um, a person, it was a Disney person, and he just sort of let us go. That's you know, fun. yeah. So that was probably like 1991, somewhere, oh, wow. okay. somewhere in that area. So okay. even even after the radio thing, you sort of use your radio skills yep. and yep. your in your in your BS and get where you want to go. That's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was just flipping through some of these pictures here too, and you see this one with all these people. That was at McChesney Park Mall. Oh my. We were always out at the mall. Oh, we were yeah. out at Cherryville Mall. We were out at various places. And it's all because of our wonderful salespeople. Yeah. Well, we had amazing salespeople yes. too. And not only that, but when you're going to a mall like that, all you have to do is say, we're going to be there at six o'clock. And it's like shooting fish in a bucket oh, yeah. because yeah. they show up yeah. and everybody loves you. And they, the only thing that they want is a bumper sticker. You or know. your autograph. And that was the first time I ever did autographs. Really? Yes. Really? We had these cards, these autograph picture cards. I think they might be out here in the storybook studio room out there, but we would hand them out and I signed them. I mean, that was the first time I'd ever really signed my <laughs> name as an autograph. Normally I'm the one asking for autographs, but yeah, of course. Yeah, that was very interesting. So you so knew how to do it. I knew how to yeah, do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was fun. But I was talking to salespeople. I have to tell you, Becky Johansson was one that I really enjoyed a lot mm-hmm. because she was always impeccably dressed and I loved it. And she was my size. So when she didn't want to have any more clothes, she was ready for him. She'd say, Liz, you want to go shopping in my closet? And I'm like, yes, Becky, I do. No way. Yeah. You know, one that I remember, too, that was sort of in that same category as you describe her. You remember Ann Van Hevenhoe? She was in the FM staff. The way you described Becky was exactly the way that I envisioned, until you said Becky's name, that it would be Ann. Fun, fun. Like Scott McMahon, yes. he was one of them. Tim Ted, Skolton. Ted Schultz. Ted Schultz. Yes. Big time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was fun. Great, and they always, great and trade. They had trade. I learned to love that word. Did you not have it in Memphis or Hannibal? If we did, I never used it. Oh, because maybe you're too far down on I the was ladder. Too far down the ladder, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I love that word. Yeah, <laughs> I really did like that. What was the name? What was the name of the restaurant bar area that was on Auburn? Jungle Gyms. Jungle Gyms. Jungle Gyms. That Oyster, was my first, Oyster Bar. The Oyster Bar. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was my first introduction to trade when I first came to town. Because somebody told you that all you have to do is sign I your name. I just went there and I'm like, oh God, this is expensive. And they're like, oh no, it's on trade. I'm like, what's that? <laughs> We just signed for it. Oh, we signed for it? Yeah. Well, the salespeople signed for it. You know, whatever. Yeah. Just, I'm like, oh. I can get used to this. Yeah, that's, so that was my first. And then you had traded Cubby O'Brien. Uh, yes. And oh, then, my God. And I then, loved Cubby O'Brien's because that was like right in my neighborhood. Wow. That was one of my favorite places, Cubby O'Brien's. And then, you know, Prairie Moon, Blue Suede Shoes. Prairie Moon's gone now. It's a, a billboard. It is. It is. And and do you know that uh, Blue Suede Shoes, which became the Poison Apple, is now a church? Did you ever do the shot barber the shot chair? chair? The barber chair. You did. 
Yeah, the first exposure I had to the barber chair, and again, you're talking free liquor, you oh, know, yeah. that they just yeah, want yeah, you yeah, to yeah. talk about it. Riley O'Neill, I can't remember why we were there, probably <laughs> a, you know, we did the 11 o'clock sock hop and the Saturday night cruise. Okay. So Blue Suede Shoes was all about bringing in those old acts like um, Three Dog Night and stuff like that. And he goes, come here, come on up on stage. And it was a stage, but it wasn't the performing stage. It was a stage that was where everybody could see you getting yes. kicked back in the barber chair. Yeah. And, of course, I was do-do-do-do-do. I had no idea what he was talking He goes, have a seat. And, of course, the barber he goes, well, he looks at Riley and he goes, what do you want me to load him up with? Oh. And he said, tequila. And to this day, I can't take tequila, tequila. because it kicked my butt. Tequila's oh. tequila. Did you not know that? <laughs> tequila, tequila. Tequila. We'll give you tequila. Yeah, you yeah, sound yeah, yeah. you sound like a like a cartoon when you say that. Well, that's what it, that's what I was told. Yeah, but we used to do things like that, and then go out to um, uh, it was the Rockford. What's the baseball team back then? It was the well Rockford Expos. Expos. The Rockford Expos. Yes, yeah. and we were at the the Speedway all the time. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. everywhere. We were everywhere. Where did your time in Buffalo, New York fit into all your career? Was that after Rockford? That was after Rockford, yes. So so then, just as a shortcut, so then where was WRWC then? That was after Buffalo. Oh, that's why I don't know. Yes. Okay, yes. so you can so take I it from there. From, I went from Rockford, um, and then Kathy's, Kathy Hart's old PD called mm-hmm. me, and we, I went to Buffalo, and I worked at KISS for a year. Okay. Walked across the parking lot and worked at WBUF um, with John Summers. So I did the morning show with him. Wow. I was I was middays at Kiss and then morning show with uh, John Summers, and was there until that station was bought and sold. And I stayed for a little bit longer because I was just starting to get my foot in the door with regards to voiceovers. So voiceovers was just starting, and I was kind of getting I was getting good at it but you were paying attention to that while you were doing radio yes yes god good for you really it was kind of a little of everything well then I thought you know what I need to go back to to my hometown number one I need to go back to Rockford because a number one I knew the area Mm -hmm. I had family in the area and my name opened doors yeah it did so I could go ahead and use that so I went back and I thought hmm I know I know the production end of it. I don't know the sales end of it. So if I want to have my own company, I need to know the sales end of it. So I actually went and did sales for WXXQ for about a year, year and a half, and then got asked to be back on the air at WRWC or, or The Light or B103, whatever it is now. Right. And I did that for the rest of my time until I got married in 2000. God, that was that was a bowl of spaghetti right was there, just, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And it just happened quickly. It was very quickly. So was sales your thing or was being on no. WRWC better? Being on air was my thing. I was not a salesperson. By the way, do you know that we have a WRWC air check of yours that Bill Shannon oh, God. remastered? Get and he here. literally had to take the reel-to-reel and bake it in the oven to get all the nasties out of it, let's play that now. No. Yes, ma'am. Light 103, would you like to go to the Fireside Dinner Theater in Fort Atkinson? Well, keep listening. In about 10 minutes, I'll give you all the details. Light 103. 
Light 103, Rockford's Light Rock Station with Savage Garden. I knew I loved you. Wrapping up your workday kickoff over an hour and a half of your favorites back-to-back commercial-free. Good morning. I'm Liz Wilder, and I told you earlier on how you might be able to go to Fireside Dinner Theater in Fort Atkinson. All you've got to do is listen for the touch tones. We'll be playing them all weekend long. Be the 10th caller. When you hear them, you'll win the entire dinner theater package right here on Rockford's Light Rock Station, Light 103. Light 103, Rockford Lightning fans, your team is returning Monday as they take on Fort Wayne, 7.05 is game time. Maybe we'll see you out there Monday, Light 103. Light 103, keep on loving you, sounds of Ario Speedwagon. I'm Liz Wilder, and I just want to keep on playing your favorites, and that's exactly what's going to happen in our first more music hour of the day when we stop the music only once for commercials. Rod Stewart will kick things off. We've got Enrique Iglesias in there, along with Mulberry Lane and Celine Dion, plus quite a few others. Keep it right here, Light 103. Light 103, Rockford's Light Rock Station. I'm Liz Wilder, and let me tell you, if you'd like to have some great prizes like dinner for two somewhere, or a copy of Rockford's coupon book, or maybe even pager service, then you've got to join the At Work Network right here with Light 103. I'll give you details in about 10 minutes. Light 103, Rockford's Light Rock Station. I'm Liz Wilder. Are you fighting the flu and the colds and all that stuff that's going around? Well, grab yourself a hot cup of tea. Maybe you think about soup for lunch, and keep it right here on Light 103. Light 103, Rockford's Light Rock Station. I'll be making your requests come true. Just let me know what they are. The light lunch hour is around the corner. Send your request by phone or fax. Light 103. Does that bring back some memories? I can't believe (laughs) this was an... I must have... Where did I have that? I don't know. Oh, my God. Well, I have a whole box full of files and stuff that I have no clue what's on it because you can't play anything anymore. Yeah, it's it's not nice. it's not a but matter anyway. of where you had it. It's a matter of how did Bill Shannon yeah, get it? Yeah, how did he get it? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> That's kind of weird. He is the master of doing that, though. He has turned garbage into so many airworthy air checks from back in the day. Oh my God, that's so Do you remember me telling you about that rewound radio thing that they were doing last Labor Day with the the big competition with WLS and WCFL in Chicago. Mm-hmm. You remember that? They had 60 hours of air checks. Wow. So they would play a half hour of Larry Lujak and then they'd play a half hour of Don Bino and then they you know Dick Biani or whatever. 60 hours over Labor Day weekend. Crazy. I think Bill Shannon, if if I'm right by what Ted Smucker said, who organized the whole thing, I think he said that Bill Shannon was responsible for at least half of those oh air checks. Oh my goodness. Yeah. He is the keeper of the goods, and he can make it so you're not playing oh crap on the air. Goodness. And it was phenomenal. And that's his thing. He yeah. loves taking that piece of coal and turning it into a diamond, and he does it every stinking well, time. Well, thank you for doing that for me, because I really had no idea about that one. So that was interesting. That was interesting. It is. So anyway, when I got married in 2000, I left the radio station and... Um, Decided to play house for a while, you know. Actually got my voice work studio going. Wow Broadcasting is what it is. So I do anything and everything that has to do with audio. Um, Still doing some TV work and audio books also. But after that, I decided I I need to go back on the air. So Mm -hmm. I was actually interviewing in Chicago. Which is where Kathy Hart was. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, so my. So following her. But I ended up going at the light. I worked at the light for a while. And Megan, um, gosh, can't, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on her last name. Well, anyway, she was pregnant at the time. So I filled in for her. Oh, for there's a spot. Like three months or something. And then and, I went back to weekends. And I'll tell you, Light FM in Chicago is still going gangbusters. Robin Rock. Love her. She, she's my favorite. She is smooth. She's. She, I learned a lot from her, too. Yeah. yeah. She's, she's really person. good. So you said you were part-time. You had to go into Chicago mm-hmm. at like the Prudential I'm Plaza or somewhere? I was a newlywed. 
only went. I went to the. I called it the Smurfit Stone Building. It was a diamond-shaped building. Yes, that's where it was at that point in time. Wow. Do you know so if they're I still drove, there? I think they've moved. Okay. I don't know that for a fact. I think they've moved. But okay. anyway, I was driving back and forth on the weekends, and I would go down there during the week, and I think I stayed at a hotel or something like one or two nights. But back and forth and back and forth, and I thought I can't do this any longer. I have to quit. I'm not going to do this anymore. You know, they have all women announcers except one. Where? At Light FM. Oh, really? Yes. Wonderful. So when you say, when you went to Memphis, you were one of the very few women on the air. Mm -hmm. Look at that swap that has happened in a gigantic market in Chicago. Yes. Isn't that cool? I think it's awesome. Wow. I think it's awesome. And, And for her, you know, it's easy to say this about guys, I think. But it's rare to say this about women. That after all these years, Robin Rock, for instance, in this case, still has the pipes. She's fabulous. She still has that voice fabulous. and that smoothness. And you can't say that about everybody because I think a lot of them get a little gravelly and they sound old. Where lots of times you could set some guy down that's 82 years old and you would have zero clue how old he is until he started to get up out of his chair. Then you know he's old. I hope it doesn't happen to me. No, you're well on your way. Honest to God. Well on my way to being old? No, no, well oh. on your way to that not happening. Oh, God. Yes, Shoot. yes, okay. yes. <laughs> no, I'm not going to throw you under the bus. By the way, there's there's a couple of stories that I've heard bits and pieces from you okay. with your voiceover work that has impressed me. Uh-oh. One, you said that you did the telephone recordings... For the phone system oh. for the purple mattress. And for Oracle. Oh, for Oracle. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. So here's what I did the minute you told me did that. Did you call them? I did. <gasps> I called the 800 number. And of course, Liz is on the other end. Thank you so much for calling. Blah, blah, blah. Hey, if thanks you'd for like calling it, Purple. That's, that's right. Exactly and that. if you'd like such and such, press one. And I'm going, are you kidding me? Oh, this God. is so damn cool. The other one, that's this funny. is a story that, that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw you a softball and you tell the rest of the story. You guys are going out to Sturgis, Mm. and you're sitting around or you're doing something, and you hear yourself in South Dakota. Mm -hmm. Uh, The car dealership was in South Dakota. I'm here in Illinois, and the agency that I was working with is in California. (laughs) So that's how that goes. And do you never hear the end result if they throw it with music or a jingle? I do not. Really? I do not. In fact, um, I I had another friend call me from Massachusetts, he had gone up for a wedding, and he had to grab something out of Walgreens or CVS or something, and he calls, and he says, Liz, did you do a spot for such and such? And I'm thinking, oh, I don't know. I do so many. I don't know. He goes, well, it sounds like you. I said, what was the company? What was? Where are you? I'm inside Walgreens. And I said, what was the product? And sure enough, I did. So you did it for the individual product. They happened to play it in Walgreens. They played it in Walgreens. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, I was uh, going down one of the aisles with my big fat-ass cart at Myers about a month ago. And I called you. You remember this? And, and I did the same thing to you. I, I said, I'm hearing that. I actually recorded it. Mm-hmm. We, could, we could play that. I actually recorded that because, you know, if you ever fact-check me, I, I need proof. <laughs> And you go, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I've done that. I said, you don't know if you've done a commercial for Myers Grocery for crying out loud? They're big. They don't say it, though. It doesn't I, say I Meyer. know. That's yeah. the thing. And sure enough, when I played it for you, you go, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, because it, it doesn't say Meyer. You can save $5 on your next in 
It doesn't. No. And there no. are there are a number. Actually, I'll tell you what. The first time I was at Meyer and I heard myself, I was in the pet food aisle. I look up and I went, oh, that's me. And I said that out loud. And somebody turned around and looked at me and I went, that's my voice. Sorry, it's my voice. You know, and I'm like, oh, God, they're not going to, you know, they don't know who I am. Some shopper. But it was just, it was kind of freaky to hear myself, even though I've heard myself gazillion oh, times. And they're thinking, crazy lady in aisle yeah, 10. Exactly. Crazy cat lady. lady. Crazy cat lady. <laughs> It's fun. Oh, God, that's funny. But I do like it. You it's know, I'll be. tell you, when people recognize your voice, uh-huh. it is the the coolest feeling. And I know you know what I'm talking about. I do. I was in a CVS, I don't know, it was maybe a year ago, and I was talking with another person in line. I was there doing some, helping my mom with something. I can't remember what it was. And this guy walked up to me and he says, excuse me. He mm-hmm. says, are you Tim? And I said, yeah. He goes, I'm Steve Anderson. I had no clue, none. And how do you work your way around that, right? And this is the time during the pandemic where everybody had masks and glasses and hats. and and you couldn't couldn't tell. I got nothing. I got nothing to go by. I fessed up right away. I said, I'm really sorry. The, The name doesn't ring a bell to you. I says, maybe your face would if I could see it. And he goes, I worked with you in high school at the Rockford Park District, oh mowing Page Park. Now that goes way friggin' back. All of a sudden, I'm going through my Rolodex of those people that were at that, and I'm going, I got no Steve Anderson. <gasps> I got nothing. And, <gasps> and he recognized my voice, what is it, 40 years later? Crazy. Oh my God. And of course, I was as covered up as he was. So the only thing he had to go by was was the voice. I'm going, damn, man. You're good. That's, that's, pretty, that's, pretty, good. that's pretty stinking good. Wow. Hey, do you want to tell people what we're up to nowadays uh, alongside what you are doing with your voiceover work and your TV work and stuff like that? It'd be interesting to see how you would describe this to others. Uh, being a producer of a movie? Well, that's one, yes. Is that what you're talking about? That's not what you're talking about. No, 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 um, that's one. Okay, that's one. Yeah. We're doing the podcast together. We Life's are. Life's 3x5s. You can go online to lifes3x5s.com. Or any podcast or, platform. Yes. yes. If you go onto the website, you'll get to see the pictures that go along with the webs or with the uh, audio. Yes. And it'll give you info. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is writing a book. Are we really? We are. In fact, <gasps> it's my turn. <laughs> what, what, what are we writing a book about, Liz? <laughs> Backside of radio, so to speak. Oh my God, that sounds sexy, doesn't it? The backside of radio. Yeah, what happens behind the scenes? Yes, it's kind of fun. Do you it's, like it? It's memories. I think it's a lot of memories. I'll tell you what, I have resurrected a number of memories due to things that you have said to me. Mm-hmm. Um, your memories have kind of jump started some of mine too. As a matter of fact, I was thinking about that the other day, and you were talking about. Um, one of the biggest stunts you did or some stunt you did. And I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. And I remember some of the stunts that we did on the mall. But what do you mean by a stunt? A stunt. Like, it was Jeff Wicker. He was up there. I don't remember why. I don't know if it was to bring somebody to town or if it was just to get rate. I don't know why. But he was up there for so long. Like the billboard stuff. Yeah. 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 Or like Doug McDuff did when they were 
in there until somebody won a ball game. Baltimore Orioles. Baltimore, yeah. yeah. I, I don't remember why he, exactly he did that. We'll have to ask Jeff when we get him on. So do you know what the neat part of us co-authoring this book is not only bringing up those memories, because uh-huh. you'll say something and I have to springboard off of it, is the formula that we've decided to do for this book. One, we don't want any more than three or four sentences. Mm-hmm. So that's a challenge. Mm-hmm. It is for me. I don't know about you. But you can't go on and on and on. you got to get it done in three or four sentences. We alternate our writings. So when it's my turn, I do my thing and I push it off onto you, and then I have to bounce off of you. Then he has to wait until I get mine written, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, she, my said, turn. she said that, not yeah, me. I do. And the other part to that is that we have to use one word mm-hmm. out of the other person's writing. Mm-hmm. It's like three levels of challenging. That's what is really cool about it. I think if we decided to sort of ramble, you know, and we didn't have a formula, it wouldn't be near as fun. Uh -uh. No. Uh -uh. So thank you, Randy Osborne, for doing that. He wrote a book with a a fellow that was overseas. Yeah. He he's still never met this guy. Inspiration for all of this, which is kind of cool. But the but the it's like his Kathy Hart. He's never met the guy Uh ever. Uh-huh. and they wrote a book together. Uh-huh. One day, Kathy, I will meet you. Someday soon, I hope. Kathy Hart is on our list, of course. We've yes. got a long list yes. of people. Wicker's another one on our list, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesse and, Garcia. And I, th- I think I'll be able to get a hold of Kathy Hart through Bob Surratt. Oh, perfect. Yeah. You let me know. Maybe we can do a video, then I can at least see her. <laughs> that would be kind of cool. That'd be the first one we've ever done, video. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> I don't so. know. I don't know if It'd it like, would be fun. It'd be like being on TV. Do you like being on TV? I loved being on TV. I know. Do you remember? I Okay, another little deal that we did, we being the ZOK crew, we were on introducing movies. And I think this is one of the first things they ever did. It might have been on Fox TV. might at have been the, Halloween. Not at the theaters. At the studio. We were at the TV studio, and hmm. we'd say, hey, everybody, this is... Jeff Wicker, Liz Wilder, Steve Summers from ZOK, and coming up in just a few minutes, we're going to see such and such, you know, scary movie, blah, blah, blah. You really? Know, Are you kidding me, scary movie? Who did that? Who touched me? You know, whatever. So we were doing that wow. as part of a, at, I think it was, I must have been part of the Arbitron book. So anything that we could do to get ourselves out and about, we yeah. did. That's a great and idea, I though. I loved it. Yeah. It was so much fun. I, I, I've done TV, uh-huh. but I don't like TV, and here's why. Again, you know, because you do the MDA telethons and the oh. UCP telethons and all that stuff. Chuck Doyle actually sent me a photograph from 1985 that somebody took of J.R. Sullivan from the New American Theater transferring the MC duties to Chuck Doyle and I. Wow. Yeah. But I don't care for TV, not because of the medium. It's because you can't fake any of it. They see everything. If you mm-hmm. are deer in the headlights, they see it. Where if you're deer in the headlights on the radio, you just pause and nobody sees that you're dumbfounded by whatever they <laughs> pop quizzed you about. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's I, true. I, that's yeah, true. And, and I guess it's because they threw me into live TV yeah. and I never had a way to sort of get into it slowly with TV commercials. Whereas, oh, we'll retake that. Oh, we'll retake that. No, there's no retaking on telethons. True. No, you're you're sort of sucked there. Telethons were fun, though. 
I really don't remember doing many. I think there was some up out at Cherryvale Mall, but I don't really remember doing many of them. Yeah, Cherryvale Mall and McChesney both had, oh, Emma, had okay. because you, you know you got center court. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes. so it was easy for the TV stations to be able to set up everything, and you got all the phone banks and all that kind of stuff. So you know it was sort of a no-brainer if the mall would cooperate with yeah. you. What would you consider? You're not necessarily radio in general, but specifically ZOK, your favorite event. The star parties, specifically the one with Donny Osmond and um, David Cassidy. My God, yeah. they booked them both? Yep, they were both there, but David didn't want to be in the room the same time as Donny, so <laughs> there was a big, there was a big brouhaha on that. What yeah, did you do? Come in. He didn't come in at the same time. He was supposed to show up, and he didn't show up. It was just, yeah, it was crazy. I loved that. I loved the star. There's some, I got some pictures in here too. I loved it, first of all, because I loved the dress that I wore. Oh. oh, it was. Is that the black very, sparkly one? It was all sequins. No. Very heavy. I'm sure it probably weighed 40 pounds. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. guessing. I don't mm-hmm. know. But it was probably an all hands on deck situation. All hands on deck. Everybody there. Everybody was there. Ooh. But we had, gosh, I'm trying to think of who all we had. We had the Thompson twins. We had Desmond Child. We had Donnie. We had obviously David Cassidy. Cece Winans, Wyman, Cece Winans. Don't know that name. Mm, can't remember. We had a lot of people. Whose idea was it? Was it the Blue Suede Shoes or the radio station or the record company or just was, all of them? I think it was the record company. Okay. Um, and I think it was Greg Strassel because Greg was my operations manager. Greg was a major part of it. And then obviously we reached out to the promoters, I'm sure. And yeah. See, now I never worked for Vern Nolte. Um, John Nolte was in charge then for me when I came in. You missed a great owner. That's what I hear. A visionary, an inventor. That's what I hear. He wore a boatload of hats. And whether you talk to Bob Pressman or Steve Summers, it doesn't matter who you talk to, they are all going to say that he allowed us to do our job with a long leash. Yeah. It was never, well, how much is that going to cost? Nah, I don't know if we should do that or not. He'd go, no, go, go do it. Take just whatever it takes. And we were able to do that. See, now I felt like we still did that, even with John Nolte. I mean, I feel I felt like we had that. I didn't I didn't know anything different. But I will tell you that this was a hot station. I did a lot. Yeah. I felt like in my career, WZOK was larger than life. Good for you. Yeah, it was fun. Was there ever a situation? Because I I think things are different now. Was there a situation where they say, hey, Liz, we would want you to do this, and it will take three more hours tonight, and your first reaction, and I'm not saying you, but people in general in that era would go, well, I'm going to I'm gonna put this on my time card. No, you just went and did you it. You just did it, yeah. You did. You just went and did it. It was your social group? It was. It was it like w- social gathering. Like, okay, so we'd have a remote or an event happening at 7 o'clock at Cubby O'Brien's. It might be... Um, the Rockford Review, you know, the guys, yes. the, the Rockford Review showing up at seven. So ladies, come on out and I'll be out there. And so I'm hyping them all up and being there. And I'm there at 630 to set things up. Yeah. And, and you know, and you got the remotes going and whatnot too. You just did it. And all your friends. Yeah. You just did it. And people, you know. You know, we had the air show back then. Yeah, of course. I loved it. And Rachel and Holly and I were all out there seeing people and looking at the airplanes. I mean, it was just amazing. You know, I think the advantageous part of working for ROK and ZOK back in that era was you didn't have to figure out how you were going to get there. 
you were going to get you're, there. You're there. Yeah, because yeah, you're, you're a big station. You just needed to find out how your puzzle piece as a radio station would fit into their event being the puzzle. And where do I need to be? And who do you want me to talk to? And once you got that done, everything else fell into place. Yep. And boy, to have that in your back pocket, oh my God, as a promotions person, Mm -hmm. it was Mm -hmm. gold. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. And you know, the other thing I remember doing a lot of was, and I think Steve still does, it was um, the fairs. Oh, Winnebago County Fair, the Ogle County Fair. And because I was pageant queen, I was pageant girl, <laughs> I judged a lot of those. You know it. Yeah. Yeah. And the other part of it is that, again, we get back to that shooting fish in a bucket. Mm-hmm. Look at the crowds that the yeah. fairs bring in. Yeah. And it doesn't matter where you set up, where you're going to have your squatting, yeah. you're going to have people. Yeah. But if you're a Rockford native or wherever you are, you're going to run into so many people from so many different walks and whether it be high school or old neighborhoods or whatever. And then you on your personality side, you don't know those people yet. (laughs) And all of a sudden you've got this group of people that you go, Oh my God, I don't know. Tell me, tell me about you. And you still, to your credit, use those skills to this day. And I know that because we do our podcast on location everywhere and you don't know a stranger you just you don't (laughs) I don't know how you do it honest to god I don't because some people are just not that fun to talk to but yet somehow you you pull that out of them well thank you very much I appreciate that you do I appreciate that well cool sort of true ah thanks so as a last sort of teaser to some kind of story that you're about to tell Do you have anything from the engineering departments of any of the stations you've worked for? Oh, yeah, I do. Um, First of all, those taking those darn numbers. Ugh, I hated taking those stupid numbers when you had to go. Oh, on the transmitter? The readings? Yes. I'd forget all half the time. Oh, shoot, I got to go take those transmitter readings. I forget, you know, whatever. Jeff Glass, Dave Hallow, Jack Lambiot, those were names my engineering friends. I love yeah. them to death. Yeah. Dave Hallow, unfortunately, had passed. But when we first got Big Max, I think he had just gotten here. I don't really know. But I was supposed to go out on a remote, and he, co- he couldn't figure out how to set it up or something, too. And he's calling me, calling me at the studio, and I'm giving him instructions on how to get it on the air. And he's like, oh, my gosh, Liz, you saved my life. You know, thank you. You know, I'm like, it's okay, Dave. No problem. No, no problem. So, so that was just fun. So you BS your a, way it was, through it? No, 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 no. Oh. I actually told him how to get on the air. Oh, Because he oh. was in the, the big R-O-K-Z-O-K, Big Max thing, whatever one. I don't remember if he was doing Z-O-K or if he was doing R-O-K. Oh. But he couldn't figure it out. And I was the one that answered. So I was like, here's what I do, Dave. And I don't know if this is the way it's supposed to work. But we figured it out. And so he's like, you saved me, Liz. You oh, saved that's me. funny. Yeah, he's just, wow. just love him to death. It was, fun. it was fun. We had some great times. I'm telling you what. It was an awesome deal. So R-O-K, turning 100 in 2023. Mm-hmm. It just blows me away. It is. It's crazy. And there's other radio stations in the area that are also celebrating 100th anniversary. Yes. And when you realize sort of the beginning and the big push and the wow 
A hundred years ago? Yeah. How in the crap did they do it? Isn't that wild? It is wild. <laughs> it really it's is. Wilder. <laughs> <laughs> I had to put that in there. By the way, are you going to tell people what WOW Broadcasting stands for? Oh, Words of Wilder. Words of Wilder. Yeah. That's yep. right. And that's uh, that's another funny thing, too. Wilder, I had to change from Michaels to Wilder. And when I went to Buffalo, I had to go back to Michaels. Be Liz Michaels because I was replacing Kim Wilde oh when I was my. in at uh, Kiss. Yeah. Do you know that Jeff Wicker? I think his partner now in, in Richmond is Wild. Mm-hmm. I can't remember her first name. I want to say it's Kim, but I don't know if that's right or not. Isn't that funny? Wow. So I always tease him and say, you, you can't get away from me, can you? No. <laughs> you know, obviously, I know it's nothing. But and he admits to it. He goes, yeah, you're uh, sort of right. Yeah. It's sort of that whole bad penny thing, but I'll yeah, be bad. Penny. Yeah, that's right. That's well, Liz, funny. thank you. Well, you're welcome. I am, I am really happy to hear some of the in-depth uh, details of some of the stories that I've only heard little tiny bits of. Thank you for dinner, and You're thank welcome. you for the Moscato. You're welcome. And it's it's and folks, I it's hope I didn't fun. bore you too much, but if no. you get a chance, listen to some of my audiobooks too. Can I plug that? Yes, oh, of course. Oh, please do. Please go check them out. It's under Liz Wilder Boyer, B-O-Y-E-R. Just look for my name and mm-hmm. audiobooks, and you'll find some of the ones that I've done. Very cool. Yeah. Thank you. We'll see you on the road with our other <laughs> podcast. Yes, you will. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Storyteller's Studio in celebration of WROK Radio's 100th year in broadcasting.